0: mm <clears throat> the internet that knows if you've been naughty or nice. And if you've been naughty, punish. I'm Eugene Weaver. I'm Eric Marner. Welcome to the show. Excellent. Why didn't I think of that? It's that time of year. Just in oh, case, so just, I'm sure we're going to get another episode in before Christmas, but in case we wouldn't, we got to get something like that in there.
1: I love it. Oh, We have a another fun episode for everybody today. And we're going to kick right off with the roulette. Uh, last episode, it, uh, I took rhymes for young ghouls, and you took the baby. Yes. And I'm going to go ahead and go first and get this out of not. the way.
0: <laughs> We've got much bigger, better things to
1: discuss, huh? Oh, my God. This freaking movie. <laughs> I'm bringing up the synopsis here. Uh, this movie contained neither rhymes nor ghouls. In a matter of speaking. Uh, from 2013, Red Crow, unpronounceable, unpronounceable. Reservation, 1976. By government decree, every Indian <clears> child <throat> under the age of 16 must attend residential school. In the Kingdom of the Crow, the that means imprisonment if you don't go to school or something. None of these things were really relevant to the movie. That's just the synopsis. Why would it be? I mean for crying out loud. Uh, uh, okay, so this movie... Oh, God. Well, <laughs> I should start off by saying shot well, fairly decent story, but I'm not the demographic for this movie, okay? The demographic for this movie is is the... Uh, Twilight crowd and the um, young teenage girls. That, that's... And I'm not a young teenage girl. <laughs> <laughs> It starts off set in the 60s. Uh, I'm just going to give you, like, the first five minutes. I'm not going to spoil the entire thing, because I don't even know what it was about. No. Um, it starts off in the 60s at, like, a party on an Indian reservation, a small party, and parents getting drunk, and their kids are around and high, and... uh and they go to leave and the I don't I believe the mother was drinking. I think she was sober. So she was going to drive the parents and or the, or her husband and the daughter home. And I think there was a son in there. And then they were going to let the daughter sit on her lap and drive a little bit. Ha ha ha. And oh, they put geez. the car in gear. No, 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 wait. It's not what you think. They put the car in gear and they very slowly move about three feet and there's a bump. So they stop and go, what did I hit? And they get out and look, and here they, for God knows whatever reason, the boy was laying under the back tire and ran over his head, and it exploded, and it was disgusting and horrible. And then in the morning, the dad was getting arrested for God knows what reason, I don't know, and the mom was hanging from the rafters in uh, on the porch, and the girl saw it, and then fast forward 10 years, and it's all following the daughter, um, and her self-discovery and drama and what a miserable life she leads being oppressed by white people on this reservation Uh. that punch her in the face and beat her up for no reason whatsoever and extort money from her and her friends and then she tries to get revenge and that's that's the synopsis of the movie all this other stuff that I read I I, it was even in part of the opening text of the movie and it was like this is not relevant it didn't happen anywhere in the movie with this school I don't Maybe I just was totally blind to it. <laughs> okay. But I didn't, see, I didn't see any of that happen. And so it's a lot of oh, just moping around and slow. I, this is the longest 83-minute movie I've ever seen in my life. And at, by the time I realized that this is a total loss, like I was waiting for a horror twist or like a From Dust Till Dawn thing where it's like halfway through, it becomes a different movie. And that didn't happen. I mean, there were a couple of scenes where... She sees ghouls or dead people, but they were just quick flashes, and they were they were dream sequences. So the rhymes for young ghouls. I don't under. I understood nothing about this movie. I, I, there was nothing there. I, it was competently shot and edited, and it was a movie, you know. But it, I I hated it. I freaking <laughs> hated it, and I was just mad the whole way through. And I, but part of me, I have to give it a little bit of leeway because part of me is like. You know why I'm so mad at it? Because there's so many awesome things on Netflix right now, and I have so many Blu-rays that I'd rather be watching. Or Cinema Soft Underbelly stuff that I'd rather be watching. And I'm not. I'm watching this piece of crap. So humongous thumbs down from me. You will hate this movie. You don't even need to bother with one minute of it. I deleted
0: it off my list already. Yeah, uh,
1: so. one out of ten. I mean, even Haunter was was sort of less painful because there was stuff going on in it.
0: Oh, ah.
1: it was yeah. miserable. So
0: yeah, I know what you mean. Like, if it, one of these roulettes, like some of the roulettes, when you're watching one that is a big thumbs up, you're like, oh, right. and then the ones that aren't, you're like, oh, "I could be watching so much better stuff at this point." But it's that's part of the roulette. It's yes, part it is. of this game. I dove on this
1: bomb for you so completely avoid this movie unless you are a, uh, a young minority girl who really hates white people. I mean there there you might have some and I, I don't want to discount that how bad she was treated by white people. You know, I'm not trying to discount that aspect of the story, but as far as I yeah. know, this wasn't a true story, and they just went over the top, cramming it down your throat. I mean, grown men punching this, like, 15-year-old girl in the face and kicking her for no reason. And it uh, it was just brutally painful to get through.
0: Okay. Duly noted, not going to watch ever for as long yeah. as I live. Good. The Baby. The Baby. Okay. So, my roulette pick uh, from 1973. And of course, one of the reasons why I picked this movie is because I've been I've been interested in this movie for a while and we've been I think bounced this one back and forth on roulette at least once or twice. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, you know, this could be a Cinema Soft Underbelly gem. And I was right. This is a Cinema Soft Underbelly gem. Uh, it gets a a thumbs up, not a huge thumbs up, but it does certainly get a bizarro weird underbelly thumbs up from me and uh, just real briefly here the story of this thing is a social worker who recently lost her husband investigates the strange Wadsworth family the Wadsworths might not seem too unusual uh, to hear about them at first consisting of the mother, two grown daughters and the diaper clad bottle sucking baby the problem though is that the baby is 21 years old (laughs) I just love that (laughs) <laughs> and it is as weird as it sounds. And other than a, uh, a middle scene uh, at a party that goes on far too long to... It feels like it's padding the runtime. Uh, I thought that this was just a, a, a completely cheesy, grindhouse, cool, bizarro movie. And the end was great. I had this huge shit-eating grin the whole... And I'm like, ooh, that was good. Nice. Well played. It was one of those where they could have dropped the ball, but instead they went... Total left field and did what I think should have been done, and it was great. It, it was great. So it gets a thumbs up from me. That was a good movie. Would you like it? I don't know. You just keeping in mind that it is really weird, really early 70s, and just different. It's not overly horror, really. It's just this weird movie. Just very weird movie. But I, I would hardly consider this a horror movie, actually.
1: Well, at the very least, it sounds like a checklist film of some anomaly of cinema that you should at least have an opinion on.
0: Yes, it fits into my show perfectly. If I could get into some of the other stuff in the movie, and especially the ending, uh, it would explain it a little bit better, but I I hesitate to do that. So I enjoyed it, it. and sometime you should watch it, uh, keeping expectations in check for what it is, a very low-budget early 70s movie, but I... uh, yeah, I, I I had a smile on my face. That was a win for me.
1: I will. I will definitely keep it on the on the uh, queue, and I will check it out. Uh, we also have a uh, bonus.
0: Oh yes, roulette
1: pick because we both picked "The Strange Color of Your Body's Tears" from 2013, and since we both picked it, we figured we should both watch it. Following the disappearance of his wife, a man finds himself on a dark and twisted trail of discovery through the labyrinthine halls of. His apartment building, led on a wild goose chase by cryptic messages from his mysterious neighbors, blah, 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 blah. Um, So, yeah, I (laughs) made it through 40 minutes of this movie. Since I made it past our 30-minute cutoff mark, I stopped. Because I know you're a huge fan of French cinema and French weirdness and everything, and this movie was trying so damn hard to be an Italian... Uh, how do you Giallo? say it? Giallo, uh, Gi- A- yeah. Italian jallo movie, and it couldn't resist being French and throwing, I know. In, yep. throwing in these scenes where it was all split screen and weird for no reason and just being obnoxious and irritating and pulling me out of the movie. I was kind of interested in the in the mystery of what was going on, but these scenes kept pulling me out, and I was like, you know what, if I didn't have so much other good stuff to watch, maybe I'd keep up with it. But since it was, since I do have so much good stuff to watch, I was like, eh, I'll just skip it, and if Eugene comes back with a super positive review, I'll go finish it. But no, thumbs down for me, I didn't finish it. I only, mm. I got 40 minutes through. But, it, I mean, yeah. I, the, the parts that weren't that, that Frenchy were, were good. Were, yeah. were interesting and curious, even though it was very, but then again, they go to that French crap, and I'm like, why why do you do that
0: anyway yeah uh i gave it one star out of five i in my little mini review here that i wrote out nope no thanks i love the great production values and the quirky shooting style but no story whatsoever makes this almost unwatchable uh too bad there could have been a great movie but i simply can't do some i simply can't do a movie with no absolutely no story at all done deliberately by the filmmakers and by saying that like I love a David Lynch type movie. I love movies that don't quite give you everything. This was just random shit thrown together in an artsy fartsy sort of way. And this is this is artsy fartsy. That's yeah. what I would consider artsy fartsy for no apparently good reason other than look, we can do split screens and I'm I'm all for garish lighting and crazy visuals and cool music, but there has to be a point. There was no point to this movie other than How far did you get through it? I watched the whole thing, I I suffered through the whole thing, and and about when you turned it off, I'm like, this is not gonna get better, but I'm like, I am going to cowboy through this bad boy, I'm gonna watch (laughs) this damn thing if it kills me, and I made it through the whole thing, but I couldn't, seriously, I could not tell you anything about the movie other than loud noises happening, there was a couple of really nasty kills in it, but I don't know who really died, and I don't know why, I think it was the
1: guy, but then he was still alive. And then the chick's naked on the roof, and yeah, I, I, and the guy is like talking to her, and and I was like, "Ooh, what's going on here?" And then it goes nowhere. And you're, nothing, what, nothing's what was, going on there. What was the point nothing of that. is going just, on anywhere? I'm French yeah. and weird, and yeah,
0: yeah. And <laughs> now I, it's, I, I now like, it's like you said, I, I'm a defender of French, cinema, certain French movies, but this one here, like enough with that. How about an Italian guy does an Italian Jalo movie now, please, and not Dario Argento. His time has come and gone. Let's some new fresh blood. I would love to see a great new Jalo movie where we've got black gloved killer. And it was so close. It was, was so close. So close. Like if they would have, they had the budget. They had great production values of like. How about a story to go with what you're seeing on screen? But they didn't, and so therefore, big thumbs down. Majorly um, was, missed
1: opportunity in my opinion.
0: yeah. It was. I agree.
1: So let's waste zero more minutes on that thing and move on to the next round of the roulette. Which is going to be a good one. Which is going to be a good one because looking over my list, I see that um, I haven't had a true solid thumbs up since episode 24. Oh, (laughs) man. It's been been a miss, 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 miss. And I'm ready for for something that isn't blind and gets a real thumbs thumbs up of approval from you. Yeah. Um, And I've put together an interesting list for you as well.
0: Good. Very
1: interesting. Uh, We're doing a Blu-ray round, which we'll be trading uh, this week. Um, I'll go ahead and go first. Go for it. I don't have my thing up here. Okay, I've got four total. First up, I have two that I know you've seen, but I think you should give a second chance to. And then I have two that I believe you haven't seen. Okay. And of the four, you can pick. First up, I have V for Vendetta from 2005. Ah. In a a future British tyranny, a shadowy freedom fighter plots to overthrow the government with the help of a young woman. And I know you saw this at least once. One time. Um, Yep. And my reasoning for throwing this one and the other one that I know you've seen onto the list... Well, I might as well just go through that one as well before I explain the reason. Um, uh, The other one is from 2008, and it's a Ridley Scott film called Body of Lies. Ooh. A CIA agent on on the ground in Jordan hunts down a powerful terrorist leader while being caught between the unclear intentions of his American supervisors and Jordan intelligence. My reason for throwing both of these back at you is the same, and that is that—how do I put this in a way that my, or the audience can understand? Um, in more recent years, you've taken a more in-depth interest in politics than you have Yes, growing up more uh, in the past. And I think that this was—both of these movies were kind of right in that window where you— weren't paying as much attention to it. A lot of people don't pay attention to politics. There's nothing unusual about that. Um, So I think that both of, I think that you have, uh, because of your new interest in politics over the last Mm -hmm. decade or so, I think that you will find these movies when you revisit, revisit them. I think you will look at them completely different. And, and that's in a good way, just because you've been uh, more vigilant of educating yourself and being more oh, involved yes. and everything like that. I think that yes. you will look at these movies very differently than you did on the first viewings. And okay. like like with V for Vendetta, um, a lot of people dislike that movie, especially um, the people that are the fans of the comic books, or the, the graphic novel, excuse me. Um, and I haven't read the graphic novel, but... You know that I'm kind of an anarchist, and I absolutely, I I am a skeptic, and I pretty much hate everybody in politics, so (laughs) I love this movie, and I think that you will see a lot of me in this movie, and you'll also like it. Now, let's know, I understand that parts of this movie are not the greatest, but I just love the overall theme of it, and I don't know how much it connects with the book, because I haven't read it yet. It's on my Mm -hmm. wish list, um, but I haven't got it yet. Body of Lies is also playing in that middle ground of not really being left or right, you know? And, yeah. and I think that you will appreciate that movie on a second watch. I think it's one of the better Ridley Scott movies. It's so well wow. shot. Wow. I love that movie. It And it's huh. so politically charged because, yeah. you know, so many people, we talk about this a lot, so many people are one side or the other. And this is one of those that kind of does this back and forth thing. Where your main character is struggling with some of the things, well, the people that are extremists on both sides don 't like that they don 't like struggle, their side is right not yes. not not anybody that's uh debating <laughs> so interesting okay all I, right that's
0: boo that's you threw me, you truly threw me for a loop with uh with body of lies there i, I and even even uh i t- kind of forgot about V for vendetta as well, but um Hmm. Okay. Because uh, you're you're absolutely right. Because even the first time that I watched both the movies, the only time I've watched them, especially Body of Lies, I wasn't into politics almost at all. I mean, I you know current events, whatever. But right, I am much more so now. So I I I wouldn't be surprised if watching
1: something like that would uh, affect me differently. And I, I again I. These these will come up again. All four of these will be on your queue for, for Blu-ray releases, because I don't have so many uh, that you don't own.
0: I don't own so, those. Yeah,
1: so all these will uh, be coming back up. Eventually, you will watch all of these movies. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, next up. Now I've got two that I'm pretty sure you haven't seen either of these, and at the very least, these are checklist films. Okay. okay. Um from 1962, Lawrence of Arabia. Hmm. Now this is a long movie, bloody friggin' long, three and a half hours. Mm. But, but, this is like one of those Forrest Gumpy ones and it was shot in 70 millimeter on your big screen. This will blow your mind. This is almost like 2001 on land. It is, it is shot so amazing and this is wife friendly. This is also. Okay. So, even though it's really long, <laughs> I'm giving you other options so you don't have to take it. A flamboyant <laughs> and controversial British military figure and his conflicted loyalties during his World War One service in the Middle East. It, and uh, I blind bought this one because I got it on the cheap. And. It, you know, it's on every top 100 list, and it deserves its place. At the very least, ah. it's a checklist film. It's fantastic. The way Some of these desert sheen- scenes, the way they're shot, and the, the beautiful, huge frame. Even on my 50-inch, I was like, amazing! On your theater screen, <laughs> yeah. they're going to be jaw-dropping. They're going to be borderline IMAX-looking. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah. humongous. Okay, and uh, lastly, I have... Uh, and this would be really easy for you to pick because you actually own it, but you haven't watched it. And that's from 2008, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. A David Ooh. Fincher film, a Criterion film, uh, tells the story of Benjamin Button, a man who starts aging backwards with bizarre consequences. And I threw it on there because I, you haven't watched it yet. and well, I have not, a, no. Again, another long one, 2 hours 45, but... This is uh again. What do we call that? That Forrest Gumpy uh, is that just a character study where it just follows one man? Yes. There, yep. Does that qualify as character study? I don't. I don't. Know. I would say so. Yeah. I would okay. Say so well, that's kind of what. It, it's same with Lawrence of Arabia. It follows one guy uh, and his experiences. It's the same with Ben Button, and it's a mm. David Fincher film in that perspective. It, it's fa- it's a fantastic film. I'm not going to say it's the best Fincher film by any stretch, but there's nothing wrong with it. It's just yeah. that some of his other films I prefer more because they're even more darker. This thing is dark, but it's one. It's a Fincher film you can watch with the wife. Yeah, and yeah, and, you know. and, and
0: I, I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie. One of the reasons that I have not watched that yet is because I heard it is extremely emotional. And I'm like, oh, a long movie and it's going to be really emotional. I'm like, Ugh.
1: It's, it's, it's It is emotional. There's no doubt, there's no denying that, but it's not, it's not that way all the way through. It's the kind of thing yeah. where it has its moment, especially towards the end and you'll have it, but it's it's not that, um, it's not that gut punch, horrible, horrible, horrible. You know what's coming. Even from the synopsis and the, the, yes. the you know what's coming and it's yeah. going to be that way. Um, but it's, it's, I know what you're talking about, it, yeah. it's, it, and it's not that way. It, it's one where when you're done, you may shed a tear or two, and you will still give it a huge rock and thumbs up. It's a great movie.
0: Oh, man.
1: I know it's tough. If you want to go through yours before you pick, that's fine.
0: Let me digest that. Just so I'm going to go through <laughs> mine, um, because those, seriously, those are all, that, that's a great list of movies there. Um, hey,
1: if it's a Blu-ray in my collection, because I've slimmed down my collecting, that means it's going to be a good movie.
0: Yeah, because right now I'm leaning towards Body of Lies, but because I really, I love Ridley Scott movies. He rarely makes a bad one. There is a couple, but that's one that I feel like I really should revisit. But I want to just let me think about that a little bit because Lawrence of Arabia and even all of them, all of them, I should be watching again. Hey, for the first times,
1: you got politics, you got classic checkmark, you got current checkmark, and you got V for Vendetta, which is total Matrixy fun. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well. Okay. I'll think about it. I'll get back to you. Get back with my answer after my list. Now I have. So what I what I did is I picked. um, This is officially soft underbelly four star movies. So not necessarily five star movies, but this is soft underbelly four star movies. These are all ones that you may not like near as much as I do, but they are movies that I think that you should see because they fit perfectly on my show, and they're some of my favorite uh, movies that are on the Blu-ray format. So
1: After the shit I just watched, I can't yes, wait to take one.
0: I can almost guarantee you that every single one of these... You will like. <laughs> so, there's a, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I picked eight, but... Holy crap. Well, yeah, but I'm going to probably drop... Actually, I'm, I am right now. I'm going to drop the last two. So, I'm going to have six of them for you. Okay. Uh, because those were the least of, of the bunch, but they were still good. But So, there's going to be six total for, for you here. So, okay. Starting off with 1980s Prom Night. Uh, one of my favorite '80s slasher movies of all time, starring Leslie Nielsen, Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, you will never get the song out of your head for the rest of your life. Uh, it is total '80s badass slasher. It's it's great. I love it, and I grew up on this movie. You may not like it as much as I did because I, I literally I've grown up on this movie. Um, so yes, it is dated, but every time I watch it, I, I just I appreciate the movie. I think it's a great. Addition to the '80s slasher movie. Okay. So, and we've already talked. I believe that we've already hit on prom night a little bit before. Uh, I know I, yeah, I talked about our Halloween high show.
1: series. I think we talked yeah. about it a little bit.
0: Uh, next up is, and now I'm not sure if you've seen this. I've, I have this feeling that I brought this movie up, and you said, "I haven't seen that yet." Uh, if you have, then we'll scrap it. But if you haven't, it definitely needs to be on this list. And uh, and by the way, I wanted also to mention that um, these are all on fantastic indie blu-ray labels like Scorpion, Blue Underground, Scream Factory, uh, and I I I so like what they're doing right now cuz right now is kind of the the golden age of blu-ray like it's been out for long enough to where the major studios have really died down on catalog releases and that's where the little guys are coming in and uh, acquiring the rights to distribute the movies that the big the big boys won't do anymore they're just mainly re- releasing new release stuff so they give that uh, they give an extra special attention to the transfers, the special features, the packaging and I could go on for an entire episode about and I did on my show about that. I love that. It means so I much too. to me when these little these little horror movies or these little movies get deluxe really well remastered uh, versions and Prom Night is a prime example. This got a Huge, huge upgrade over the DVD and uh, the VHS release. So, anyway, that's my. I'm off my soapbox now. No, that's um, fine.
1: I completely agree with everything you said, other.
0: Okay, so next up is uh, Stuart Gordon's From Beyond, and uh, that was from 1986, starring uh, Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton, and um, it is it's the quote unquote. It's kind of the unofficial sequel to Reanimator. I know that there's Bride of Reanimator uh but from beyond came out after reanimator and this is kind of Stuart Gordon's unofficial sequel to reanimator and it is even though bright of reanimator is actually a sequel this is more in the spirit if you liked reanimator this is totally in the spirit of reanimator the first reanimator it is a great movie the special effects are just jaw-droppingly amazing does um, it have anything
1: to do with the beyond
0: no, no, this okay. is totally different. Totally okay. different. This is an HP Lovecraft adaption.
1: I see that. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, uh, but a group of scientists have developed uh, the Resonator, a machine which allows whoever is within range to see beyond normal perception reality, but when the experiment succeeds, they are immediately attacked by terrible life forms from the third dimension. <laughs> Yeah, it's a fantasy science fiction it's it's so totally good.
1: that thing's totally in the lead right now. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, next up is um and I tried not to just pick all like one I I'm I'm not going to lie they're all horror movies. <laughs> uh, it's
1: it's it's fine. I I don't care. Go yeah, ahead.
0: but they're all but they're all different subgenres of horror movies. Both of these um, are
1: on my checklist list of movies that I need to see eventually, so it's fine. Yeah. Uh
0: next up uh, I hit on this one on my show is a movie from Andrew Davis uh, from 1983 called The Final Terror. And uh, this is a survival horror. And by survival horror, it's probably a little bit more like Deliverance than an actual horror movie. It's more more of a a survival in the woods type of thing. But uh, uh, the uh, cast on this movie is really, really good. Daryl Hannah, Rachel Ward, uh, Joe... Pandaleone is in this. Martin Metcalf. Um, great cast. And this movie here, uh, Scream Factory, went above and beyond. This one here, I don't believe has... It never got a DVD release. And the painstaking restoration that they went through to just get it in its uncut form is incredible. And Andrew Davis uh, is a... Uh, he directed uh, The Fugitive, Above the Law, Holes, Under Siege. So he's a... It's not, you know, he, it's not like this small-time director. He directed right, big right. stuff. Um, but very good movie. <laughs> and this, these are all four-star movies. Cool. So um, that's your backwoods deliverance-type right. movie there. Uh, next up is... Let's pull this up here. I had so much fun finding these, but they're all I, I these are all great movies. Isn't it one, so much
1: easier to to pick from your collection? Yes.
0: <laughs> yes it is. Uh the next one I oh this is a great movie. And this is more of a a, a wintry movie because of the setting, and that is 1972's Horror Express, starring Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing and Telly Savalas. Uh the and this is not a Hammer movie, although it, it right away I you'd be like, "Oh, Horror Express starring Starring the two Hammer guys, it's not a Hammer movie. Uh, yeah, really? An English anthropologist has discovered a frozen monster in the frozen wastes of uh, Manchuria, where he believes maybe the mi- what which he believes may be the missing link. He brings the creature back to Europe ab- aboard a Trans-Siberian Express, but during the trip, the monster thaws out and starts to butcher the passengers one by one. And uh, this movie here very much has uh, has. Uh, John Carpenter's The Thing definitely got some inspiration from this movie. Even though The Thing was a remake of the old 50s The Thing, there is a lot. John, I, I guarantee you John Carpenter got some ideas from this movie. Uh, so oh, man, that's tempting. That is a killer movie, and it's very creepy. Very creepy. Um, next up is the one and only actual Hammer release. This, I had to throw a Hammer movie in here. Um, and, and I had to, it was tough for me because most of my hammer releases are from the UK and so they're region B locked. Uh, but there are a couple, there are a couple releases from the States here. And one of them is, uh, it's a great one. It's called hands of the Ripper and it is about, let me just get the summary here. The infant daughter of Jack the Ripper is witness to the brutal murder of her mother by her father, Jack the Ripper. Fifteen years later, she is trouble. She's a troubled young woman who is seemingly possessed by the spirit of her father. Uh, while in a trance, she continues her murderous killing spree, uh, but then has no recollection of events afterwards, and then there's a psychiatrist that's trying to figure out what's going on, and it's a great Hammer movie. It's got all the gothic feel of a Hammer movie, and it actually, it's a little bit more violent than most Hammer movies because of the subject matter. Uh, so, uh, yeah, anyway, tempting. and... <laughs> and then the last one is uh, one of my all-time favorite slasher movies, and this is, uh, this is still a little bit different. than This is an 80s slasher movie, but it's not like Prom Night, which is an American 80s slasher movie, which has an American, well, I guess it's a Canadian, that was made in Canada, mm-hmm. but it's still very much an American-feeling slasher movie. Right. This one is not. This is an Italian slasher movie from 1987 called Stage Fright from uh, Michael Sovi, I believe how you pronounce his name um, I've watched this honestly of all the movies I've just listed I've probably watched this more than all of them uh, this is this is everything in an 80s slasher movie but the violence and the bloodshed is upped drastically uh, he the director has uh, he's kind of a more well known director over in Italy he's done a lot of really good stuff he did a movie with Rupert Everett called Cemetery Man and uh, he got his start working on Lucio Fulci movies.
1: What year was uh, this one?
0: This movie, Stage Fright, uh, was made in 1987. It's also known as Deliria and Aquarius.
1: There we go, Aquarius. I got like yeah. five stage frights here. Yeah, Stage Fright Aquarius. Okay.
0: Was yeah, the, so, so this
1: was remade? Was no, this remade? Nope. This, nope there's this a, is an there's original. A, there's a 2014 Stage Fright.
0: That's a musical. That trust me, nothing to do with this. No, no, no. I've watched that, and it's it, that's actually not too bad. This is its own beast, and it's it's very eighty. So it's it's cheesy, but mm-hmm. it's it's very effective. The uh, I mean, it's it's a great slasher movie. So all of these are four star movies from
1: Soft Underbelly. So okay, there you go. All right, um, boy, you got a few on there that are tempting, but since it's the regular roulette and not the blind we only get one choice there are no mulligans yeah. on this one yes i agree No these mulligans are, these on are true recommendations uh i'm going to take from beyond because that's a cover that i've seen many times and i've wanted to check off the list and people talk yeah. about all the time i need to watch so that's yes what I'm you taking. do from beyond from 1986 okay
0: and i would also recommend if you do watch when you watch this uh, if you have the time, there. This is a Scream Factory Collector's Edition, so the special features on this are extensive, and it's great to hear from the cast, especially Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs is just—he's just cool, and so it's great to hear them talk about the movie. And uh,
1: Scream Factory knows how to do special features. Yes, they do. <laughs> anyway, cool. I'll, okay, I'll and, probably dive on those a little bit. Um, okay. Did you have you had time to make up your decision?
0: You know, it, it really, it was between Lawrence of Arabia and uh, Body of Lies. And I think that I'm going to go with Body of Lies just because I, that was the first one that when you said them all, I'm like, ooh, Body of Lies again. Um, but it was neck and neck, but I'm
1: going to go with Body of Lies. Let me check the runtime on that real quick just to make sure that it's nothing extreme. I seem to recall it being like a little over two. Two hours, eight minutes. So you're not perfect too crazy. And it's it's a rated r th- a uh, political thriller, but it might be wife-safe. You know what I mean? I, don't I watched the first,
0: the, the first time I watched it was with the wife, and okay. that may have that honestly that may have been some of the reason that I didn't like it. She doesn't like those types of movies at oh, all. Okay,
1: because there so, is some twisty, very twisty plot elements where you got to kind of read, re-be- not read between the lines, but where they don't spoon feed you, and you got to pay attention to what's going on so you understand the plot.
0: Sure. Okay.
1: But it's Ridley Scott. He's not going to make I anything that, that convolute. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Body of lies and from, from beyond. beyond. Excellent. Good.
0: Ah, that's yeah. It was, it's good to uh, stay away from the, even though I enjoyed the baby, it was good. It's good to change it up a little bit and
1: not have a movie this. starring a teenage girl or a pregnant woman. I would like that very yes. much. So, yes. Yes.
0: Or you. an adult baby. <laughs> <laughs> yep
1: (laughs) okay with that let's move on to our second round of the christmas special uh we're bringing you our favorite quote-unquote christmas slash winter movies that we watch every year not every year uh, that we watch generally around this time of year and uh the last episode was populated with the bottom of our list this is going to be one step up so we're getting closer to actually good movies i'll go i'll go first we'll bounce these back and forth I, I okay varying degrees of quality here but but improving yeah first up i have charlie brown christmas
0: this, ah nice this,
1: i don't watch this every single year but it's a good heartwarming animated nostalgia if you don't like this you're dead inside. I think it's yes. the best way to put it maybe. I don't... Yeah. Even if you're
0: an atheist, you should still find some reason to enjoy this cute little Christmas Harm- feel. Harmless. Yes. And yes. I'm
1: not going to spend a lot of time on it. Back to you.
0: Nice. Uh, to go along with that, I'll touch on the original Grinch cartoon. Did you touch on that the last episode? No,
1: but you know okay. what? That actually wouldn't have didn't make my list, but I would add it. That that it's totally right there with the Charlie Brown Christmas.
0: Yeah, it's a half hour long. It's harmless. It's fun. It's uh, it's just from a gold the golden age of animation. I mean, this is old school, but it's a cute story. It's it's re- almost required Christmas viewing. I think it's great, especially easy in and out, 30 minutes, it's done, and it's like, oh, that was a good little get-me-in-the-mood-for-Christmas type of thing.
1: So I liked yep, it. Yep, I agree. Just stay the hell away from the live-action one. <laughs> which will probably show up on your list yes it's on there <laughs> yes yeah, I it knew is it. Uh, okay next up i we will keep with the animation theme for a minute uh tim burton's nightmare before christmas um, I, do you watch this at christmas do you watch it at halloween little i know of, i don't little, know a little, little bit of both but it it fits in well with with either uh holiday um it's a good movie, it's, it's got its flaws But it's still an enjoyable film And I, I absolutely love Stop motion And mm-hmm. I, I so appreciate all the work That goes into creating that That sometimes I can just watch those kinds of things On mute I don't even yeah. care what the story is I can just just take in the artistry
0: Yeah Agreed um, Well just to get this out of the way I am just going to get rid of uh, Grinch uh, <laughs> the, Jim, the Jim Carrey <laughs> Grinch
1: was that on this? Two, was
0: it on this week's? <laughs> it's here. It is. I, I've got it right in front of me here. The Grinch to, from 2000, and I just watched this like last week with my wife. And it's one that it's it's kind of like Christmas Vacation, to where um, it's like, oh, let's just oh, okay, we'll watch this again, I guess. And then I watch it. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't bad. The production values are are quite high, actually. They're they're actually very good. The production values, big special effects, Jim Carrey overacts. Um, and it's it's overindulgent. It it takes everything that made the original little cartoon so unique and cute, and it, it goes overboard. But I like the fact that the special effects are really good, and the setting is, I mean, it truly feels like a Dr. Seuss world. Yeah, it does. Um, and, but, you know,
1: I've watched it once in the theater, and to be perfectly fair and honest, if if that had come out when I was a kid, I would I would have a lot of love in my heart for it. But I was an adult, and yeah. I had grown past it. I grew up with the cartoon, so I like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's a little bit too long, it shouldn't be as long as it is, but Clint Howard's in it, so that's a big, you know, that's good, and uh, it, I'd say that, he, boy, they made him look really weird and goofy, but... Mm, no,
1: he's... I mean, if it, <laughs> he, he, he could be typecast as a hoovian, Yes! <laughs> so, okay, back to you. Okay, now we're going to start to get weird. The Long Kiss Goodnight. Oh, wow. That's yeah. not on my list. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's, 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 I mean, it gets, the longer it goes on, the the older it gets, the more you see its flaws. Was that a Rennie Harlan movie? I do believe that was a Rennie Harlan movie. One of the very few, that was the kind of the turn. This was the last of the decent Rennie Harlan movies. And it's, (laughs) by today's standards, it's got some really bad stuff in it, like bad filmmaking and stuff towards the end, especially, um from 1996, a woman suffering from amnesia begins to recover her memories after trouble from her past finds her a CIA agent type killer assassin born identity. Uh, But Gina Davis, Samuel L. Jackson and Sam L. Jackson, just whipping awesome lines. The language is unbelievable in this movie, but it all takes place at Christmas. A lot of snow housewife going crazy, turning into a crazy assassin. It's a lot of fun gets a little uncomfortable towards the end, especially. This was pre-9-11, 1996. Uh, do you even remember what the end plot of that movie was?
0: I don't. I've I've watched it a couple of times but it's been years, so I have no idea.
1: The end reveal, and if you haven't seen this movie by now, spoilers, I guess, but... Yeah. On, um, is that the CIA is setting up to blow up a bridge or something uh, so that they can uh, warrant getting more funding so that they can go fight terrorists. And they're putting a bunch of dead Arabs in the tanker to blow Oof. it up. <laughs> Think of that in the context of like now with 9-11 and everything. That movie would Ooh. never get greenlit in a million years in today's world. Um, but that's the uh, political landscape that we live in today. Yeah, and at the time you wouldn't have batted an eye at it, but now it's yeah. like, oh, it, it's like pretty offensive. Uh, hmm. But there's a lot of fun to be had as far as Sam Jackson being crazy, Sam Jackson, and Gina Davis yeah. discovering all her assassin skills and blah 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 blah. Rennie Harlan before he became absolutely direct to video horrible garbage.
0: Yep. Okay. <laughs> um, so I boy, I've got I've got such a long list. I uh, I gotta get some of these knocked. I got off here. Uh, two
1: more. I got two more. Okay,
0: um, I'm going to go with uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two, and this is the only true sequel to the classic original that I'm going to touch on. I, I know I touched on the the quote unquote remake, which is anything but last episode. But uh, I am going to throw Silent Night Part Two in there. Uh, it what what it gets wrong in the movie. Uh, There is enough that it gets right that it definitely warrants a very cheesy, you should watch it type of thing. Uh, But half of the movie is scenes from the first one reinstated back in the movie as the brother of the killer from the first one is in a psych ward and he's talking to a shrink about his troubled past. And so half the movie, and I'm not joking, like about 45 minutes of the movie is flashbacks from part one. Uh. So it's a highlight reel of part one and uh, and but he but the actor is so overacting it's it's almost comical but then when they get into now it's his turn to turn into a psycho then it gets good and but i have enjoyed it through the years i've watched it numerous numerous times and i needed to include it on the list because while i don't watch it every year i do watch it probably every other year i have to pop in silent night part 2 that's the one that has I garbage day i haven't seen it Oh, it's it's something.
1: <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> uh okay, back to me. Trading Places. You know this movie?
0: Trading Places. Um, Eddie Murphy? Is that Dan Eddie, I was going to say is
1: that Oh, wow. Is that I didn't even know that was a Christmas. I it's set at Christmas. Yes, it is. This is a comedy classic and a lot of people and it's got a lot of uh, love. It's got a cult following. This is a John Landis film. Um, oh, hysterical! This was in early nineteen eighty-three, early eighties, where you're still getting those R-rated comedies like *Coming to America* and, mm, and stuff which like is great. that. But yeah, this is fantastic film. I, I try and pull it out every year. I absolutely love it. Jamie Lee Curtis is in it too, playing a hooker of all all things. Ah, um, but yeah, they. Uh, Very poor man Eddie Murphy swaps places with very rich man Dan Aykroyd because of two billionaires making a bet uh, as to who would survive this swap, and it's just hysterical. I love this movie. It's it's so much funnier than all of the normal Christmas movies with you know Christmas Vacation and blah blah blah. Um, If you haven't seen it in a while, I encourage you to check it out again. It's a very very funny film. Very good.
0: Is it on Blu-ray or do you have it on DVD? I, I have. I have it on DVD. I'm,
1: I don't, I don't think
0: I've ever watched it. I, in fact, I can promise I've never watched that movie. Never seen it. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's
1: well. Uh, I'd throw it on the roulette, yeah. but it's uh, it's. I only got the DVD, but yeah. No, that's okay. I mean, uh, at some point, keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'll, I'll 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 throw it up here on my wall. Okay. One more. Okay. Sir. Uh,
0: Okay, boy, one more, and I've got two that I really would like to touch base on this episode because uh, I've got so many. Uh, which one, which one? I'm going to go with what with my gut on this one. On Her Majesty's Secret Service, uh, one of my all-time favorite James Bond movies. Uh, this is the one that uh, had the one-off actor, uh, George Lazenby, was in this, and uh, it was not necessarily a Christmas movie, but everything in the movie was set for the most part in uh, the Swiss Alps. And so it's a very wintry setting and very much a winter viewing type of thing. Uh, I love the fact that uh, this movie, uh, they change things up a a lot from the other, from the Connery James Bond movies. And there's a couple of scenes in this movie that are some of my favorite from any James Bond movie ever. And uh, the music in it is perfect uh, the story is great. Telly Savalas is the bad guy. I, I love On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Love it. And so I, I had to throw that in there because it has such a wintry setting that it mm-hmm. just it, it's around this time where I would like to watch it.
1: Sure. It is. It's, it's, it's a good movie. And I, I really didn't like it the first time I watched it as a kid, but revisiting it, it was a lot better than I remembered. Yeah. Okay. And lastly for me, uh, wrapping up this uh, segment of our Christmas special... This also will bleed over into recently watched. Runaway Train, I am adding to the list. Absolutely mm, yeah. fantastic film. And I haven't watched this in probably 20 plus years, but it popped up on Netflix. I was like, I should give that another try. I remember it being a wintry setting, And is it ever. You can just feel the cold coming out of the screen. But man, what a mm. fantastic film. Um, and it does one of my favorite things in film where... About uh the, in in the first third or first half it all of a sudden completely switches gears and becomes a completely different film, like from what it starts out as. I really wish this movie was not called Runaway Train because it gives away what's coming. Yeah, like I wish yeah. so bad it would be called uh, the Escape Plan or Prison Escape or something. Yeah, or whatever. But it's not, and yeah, yeah. so you imagine you know once it starts off as a prison escape movie and. You're going, Where's the train? And then oh they could jump on a train and it's a runaway. Nah, you give it away. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah.
0: Doesn't but that matter. One would, it's I still would... a
1: fantastic film, fantastic ending, and it was just amazing how well this thing has held up over the yeah. years. John Voigt just is just amazing. Eric Roberts is a little annoying here and there. Uh but that was the way he was written. I mean, what are you gonna do?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that one actually I think would fall under very similar circumstances with On Her Majesty's Secret Service as the wintry setting makes the movie, uh, or it adds so much to the movie. Like, Runaway Train wouldn't have had to been set in that cold, wintry setting, but because it was, it just adds to the
1: feel of the movie. Completely. yeah. And same with Florence of Arabia, but on the opposite end, where it's all uh, desert and heat. It, these yeah. are all constant factors... Um, to their survival. I mean, if it was just set in, uh, you know, Ohio in the fall. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and even even Majesty's Secret Service. That could have been set in any mountain, whatever. It didn't have to be a winter setting. But the winter setting helps the movie. It, it, adds it almost to the becomes movie. a
1: survival thing. Like, yeah, it does. You can't just wander outside and be okay. You, you know, there's yeah. a, there's an element of survival to that.
0: Yeah. And there's a couple other movies that I'm sure that in in the next episode we're going to be getting into more with that with what we're talking about right there. Mhm. So,
1: okay, well, uh we'll, with that, we'll just move right on into recently watched. Okay. And yeah, Runaway Train. Completely freaking amazing. <laughs> Back to you.
0: <laughs> okay. Um oh boy, I'm going to hit on oh geez, I've got so many here. Um I'm going to touch on Sin City a Dame to Kill For uh got this on the very cheap thanks to you on blu-ray on 3D and i was anxious to see this after all of the the hate that this movie got and i i actually had to split this movie up into two different viewings and i'm not sure if that if i should have done that or not I, well it, i had to do it for for
1: a parent being a parent, parent I, I yes, understand. exactly. That's, yes, that's, yes. I, yep. it takes me four days to watch a movie sometimes. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, and so I'm like, okay, I, I have to quit this, and I'll finish it tomorrow. And I will say that the first half was certainly better than the second. However, that does not mean that this is not a good movie. It is good. Um, there is a couple of decisions that Robert Rodriguez made that I was surprised that he did that that drops it a bit. Um, and if it wouldn't have been for a couple of, and I, I'm not going to spoil it, but I will just say that a couple of the, this is basically, a several short movies compiled into one longer movie, all taking place in Sin City, just like the original. And, um, all of the short stories work for the most part, but in two of them, it, he drops the ball, in my opinion, with the ending of how the resolution comes to be in that story. And, uh, and, uh... One of them would have been with. Um, well, I don't want to give anything away. I, cause you're well, going to watch now, it eventually. Now, it,
1: this was a co director thing. If you remember with the original Sin City, he went to, do, to have co director credits with Frank Miller, the original uh-huh. creator of the Sin City comic book. And because of that, the Directors Guild of America said, no, you can't do that. And he said, screw you, and quit the Directors Guild. And as I look uh, on IMDb, he. It is listed, once again, as co-directors Frank Miller and Robert Rodriguez. So these might have been uh, Frank Miller decisions. And if you remember, Frank uh, Miller made the... Uh, I believe his only sole credit is that of... Um, what is this? The Spirit? The Spirit. that.
0: Oh, which was just terrible.
1: I, it's so god-awful, you must see it to be yes. believed. It, I actually really liked it because it was so hysterical. And that's not in a good way. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. But was, the, the, I'm still waiting, might, I'm still waiting
1: to get my hands on that for two bucks. Instead, I got Sin Oof. City 3D <laughs> that I can't yeah. watch sitting on my yeah. shelf.
0: <laughs> I will say this. The 3D is phenomenal. It, it, it's so This movie is made for 3D. Uh, so the 3D is great. The acting is really good. Uh, it's not as good as the first one, but looking past a, f- a couple of the minor faults that I'm like, ah, why'd you guys do that? If you would have just done this, it would have been so much better. Mm. It was still a big thumbs up. Um, and I'm not going to spoil it, but make, trying to make Jessica Alba, instead of a sex object, trying to make her into uh, an avenging badass does not work. I don't care how hard you try. It doesn't work. She just looks um, too soft. She looks too soft, yes. And they tried. They really tried. Um, but even with its a couple of the faults... Uh, it gets a big thumbs up from me. It was a good movie, and it could have been better, but it was a very solid movie. I'm glad I own it, and I'm looking forward to watching it again.
1: Ah, cool. Well, I look forward to watching it uh, for the first time sometime when I can go buy a 3D player and a 3D TV, and I can have all these now you, got, you got
0: the PlayStation 3. Oh, I got the player. I just need
1: the TV. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah, well, maybe I can find somebody to trade with online for it. Okay, um, I have two more. I want to touch on this episode uh, chasing ice I finally got around to watching that documentary and it was uh-huh. of course awesome fantastic uh, amazing everybody everybody should watch this movie I agree it uh, should be shown in schools the, uh, yep I agreed. wish I wish they would have spent um, I was a little disappointed with it because I wish they would have spent more time sh- uh, diving on the footage and and dissecting the science and everything. Uh, but they spent about two thirds of it with the setting up of the cameras and the struggle. I, agree. And I understand that was good and everything, but, um, and I appreciate all the work that they put into that. And, you know, it's his movie, uh, and dealing with him and his knee surgery and, and all the pain that he went through to get this made. But at the same time, I'm like, I wish you would have spent a little more time on the science. Cause that's what your goal was, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, my God, are freaking politicians and political pundits just morons. Oh, it's idiots. it's, it's painful idiots. to watch. It's so painful. Yeah. Um, I have my own questions about global warming, quote-unquote climate change and everything. Uh, none of them are about its existence. That You know, these people are like denying it's a big hoax. This doesn't exist. It factually does exist.
0: Yes, <laughs> it does.
1: That's none of my questions have anything to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> that particular thing, I—it's science, like you say. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Science isn't it great? <sighs> oh man, that's—it's uh, so <laughs>
1: frustrating, but. Yeah, you know, like I said, I still have my questions about certain aspects about how do we fix this or how do we deal with this or is this a normal like thousand year cycle of the planet? We don't know. I mean, you know, I know. know. So, uh, but I'm I'm skeptic guy. I'm always questioning. Maybe those answers are out there. And like you know, these deniers like to say, "Oh well, I'm not a scientist," but blah blah blah. So I hate to use that phrase, but I'm not a scientist. I'm just asking questions. I'm not. Yeah in any way denying that climate change exists because I'm not an idiot.
0: Yeah. Uh, Thank anyway, you. That's, it's so refreshing to hear that. <laughs> uh, no, it's not.
1: I've never been that way. I seriously haven't. Yeah. Oh, I know, I, I, I know. Haven't. It, uh, I have, I have yeah. questions that I want answered. Yeah. And I'm sure those answers maybe perhaps exist, but uh, I just haven't asked the right person or I yeah. haven't dug enough deep, uh, deeper into the internet to find those answers or whatever. It doesn't, it, it's irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, yep. Back to you, and then I got one more.
0: Okay, uh, so I have a feeling that I know which one you're going to talk about, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold that one off for you because I can chime in on that one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna hit on, and I had I'm I'm not sure if you, well you probably haven't listened to my show. I did a show this morning on uh, on soft underbelly, and I touched on three uh, separate movies, and I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna bring up one of them on this show just because it's one that. I'd, I'd like to talk about it real quick okay uh, and I'm going to do two more if that's okay yeah sure go ahead back to you okay so this one here is from 1973 it's called Don't Look Now starring Donald Sutherland um, this movie was let me just pull this up here Don't Look Now uh, was I guess it was uh, rated as the, the number one movie from England or from from, from Britain of all time uh, a horror and it's it's I hesitate to say it's a horror movie because it really is not a horror movie, uh, but it's Criterion is going to be releasing it here just shortly on Blu-ray. I have the uh, UK import Blu-ray, and the first time I watched it, I believe I gave it one and a half stars. And I happened to get, I happened to get a used copy of this for cheap, and I'm like, you know, this is so well regarded, I should give this another chance, and I'm glad I did. It is, uh, it it's. It, definitely a movie, especially now being a parent that you should watch uh, it's not an easy watch it's about loss, the loss of a child but it's more than that, there is d- dealing with a maybe sort of kind of the supernatural and foreseeing future events and it's so weird uh, and eerie without with, honestly it's weird and eerie without being a horror movie uh, mm-hmm. And the second time watching it, I'm like, this deserves a lot of the recognition that it gets as being a complete classic. In fact, um, uh, who was the director of Casino Royale? Do you know off the top uh, of your
1: head? Dang it. Uh, Martin. He was the, he Martin,
0: was the one Martin that did Campbell. Martin Campbell. Yeah. Uh, the scene in Venice in Casino Royale yes. where Daniel mm-hmm. Craig is, and you see glimpses of his girlfriend as she's... You know they're they're having this. Yeah, that was lifted directly from Don't Look Now. Um, that that whole that scene was straight out of Don't. Look, they they he openly admits he got that from the movie Don't Look Now. This is shot in Venice, and just like uh, the, and it's,
1: the the framing and the the, the places. No, just the
0: fact that well, just the fact that we have uh, our protagonist and he is trying to find someone and. You just see glimpses of this person running around in Venice, oh, and right, right, right. Oh, it, it okay. all. Oh,
1: okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and it
0: all comes from "Don't Look Now," right. and I hesitate. The less you know about the movie, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is eerie. It's it's a slow moving movie. Uh, it leaves a lot of questions towards the end. You're like, oh, man, what in the world? But it's one that I have a feeling that you would you'd really like that one.
1: Uh, I'll add that um, to my ultimate checklist. Yeah. And and if there's one thing that uh, we appreciate on this show, it's people changing their opinions on a film that they previously did not like. That's the yeah. whole reason we invented the roulette to begin with. It was to, yeah. you need to give that a second chance, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's morphed because of the pod (laughs) into you dive on that grenade because I don't want to. (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's something that I absolutely love when you go back and hey, give it another chance. Now that you're a little older in life or your situation has changed or whatever. Look at this movie from a different perspective and change your mind on it. I I yeah. love that when I... Even when it happens to me, when I completely change my mind on a movie, I love when that happens.
0: Yeah. And and, and like you said, uh, I watched this before I had any kids. We were just married, and I'm like, okay, this is... This, let's go, let's go, let's really go. Yeah. Cool horror movie, and I'm like, whoa, this is like an introspective drama with supernatural undertones, maybe, and... Dealing with loss and it's kind of creepy and it's kind of boring. Hey, but th- uh, parent I really man, it. I'm like,
1: being yeah. a parent has completely changed how I look at a lot of movies, especially movies with kids in them. You're, you're, yeah. I know that uh, the single uh, non-parents of the audience right now are going, yeah, yeah, I get it. When you have kids, you care more and blah blah blah. You don't understand, and that's. Coming from somebody who at the same, I was you. I was sitting there going, "No kids." Going, "Yeah, yeah, I get it. When I have kids, I'll understand more. I'll care more. Whatever." Blah blah blah. Dude, it is totally different. I am so yeah. uncomfortable watching stuff where kids get hurt or yeah. even pregnant people. I I can't. It, I'm so uncomfortable. It's like I am not enjoying this as entertainment value whatsoever. I like yeah. turn it off, leave the room. It's just it. But hey, that's yeah. part of it.
0: Yeah, but I do think that this is one that you should definitely uh, try to watch at some point. It's uh, it's it's one of those uh, almost like Lawrence of Arabia a checklist type of movie that is a bonafide bonafide classic movie that pretty much gets uh, with the critical with the critic circle gets unanimous good reviews. It's not the greatest thing ever, but it is definitely a unique movie.
1: No, I definitely will, especially considering if it gets that high of marks for being the British horror movie greatest ever, whatever. I'll, I'll definitely check that out sometime.
0: Yeah. It actually, when it was released over in uh, the UK, it played on a double bill with the wicker man, Mm. which is interesting. Yeah. So the wicker man, and don't look down and that would have been like four hours of complete, like, Oh (laughs) man. So
1: it takes some ecstasy and just, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) We're all happy and raving and partying while we watch these depressing ass movies. (laughs) yes yes
0: okay well anyway back to you
1: no go ahead i guess i only got one more to wrap it up we'll, we'll close on okay that
0: okay okay i'm gonna touch on one more uh, and again this is another one i hit on my show today but i have to bring it up here because it's so good and I, i've never watched this before and i i hang my head in shame for never seeing this before it's on netflix and it is 1989's The Burbs with Tom Hanks.
1: Oh, man, that's one that's on my list. I haven't watched either, and oh, everybody dude, raves about how so good. great it is. I totally added it to, it was just readded to Netflix, and I yep. I added it as well, and I just haven't got around to it. Everybody raves it. about that movie as a cult classic, and I haven't got around to watching it. Yeah, and it's
0: funny, I watched this with my wife, and my wife is very hard on 80s movies, and she was like this is good <laughs> and i was impressed i mean cuz it has uh, uh, listen to my show i talk about okay. the you know the but it does have a slight horror tinge yeah. to it yeah. um, but it's like it's right before tom hanks made it real big and it's funny to see him in a movie where it's you know it's a, it's a joe dante dark comedy and it so it's like Tom Hanks is in this but it works very well and I I gave it four stars you need to watch it it's a good movie
1: I'll definitely bump that one up because I I need to check that one off the list okay wrapping up Wolf of Wall Street added to Netflix and finally I get to Hmm. watch Scorsese's latest and of course it's a thumbs up easily Scorsese is just amazing him with DiCaprio amazing DiCaprio's amazing it's amazing Although, I'm a little disappointed. Not the greatest movie ever. I'm not going to go full like, ten on this yet. I might eventually, but I like, I mean, this is, Scorsese was made to do gangster movies, and so he is doing his gangster movie thing with White Collar Crime, and it's interesting, and of course it's great, but it's just Lacking a little bit of edge, and I know that's hard to say when you're talking about a movie with so much drugs and nudity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, uh, I'm I'm used to Goodfellas and Casino, where it's like people are getting their heads put in vices and yeah. brains bashed in, and you know, The Departed. So, yeah, I mean, it's a step down from all of that uh, for me because he's so good at making that stuff. Yeah. Um still a fantastic movie I mean the, the couple a few I think it took me two or three sittings to get through it because yeah, it's so long me too. Uh, but it flew by I mean it, it was almost hard to watch because it's so fast paced and so brutal with everything that's going on it almost makes your heart palpitate and it's like yeah. this is it's just almost too much to, in one sitting uh, I'll obviously buy the blu-ray it's going to go on the shelf with the rest of the Scorsese collection. Uh, but make more it's gangst- Just make gangster movies. George Lucas, make Star Wars movies. Don't make Red Tails and Howard the Duck. <laughs> make Star Wars movies. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, certain directors just stick to certain shit. And it's, yeah. Scorsese, just make gangster movies. I know you're trying to change it up and alter your mm-hmm. style and Shutter Island. That's great, and those are good. And you're good at everything you do when you're making a movie. Just make gangster movies.
0: <laughs> yeah. But even Hugo. Hugh, I mean yeah. Hugo uh, fantastic, gr- but, just, yeah.
1: But, but but put it next to Goodfellas. Or even the yeah. Departed. Yeah. The Departed was a friggin' remake. And it was just yeah. a ten. It's just a ten.
0: Oh, that was a great movie. He yeah, you're right. He knows how to do gangster movies. Okay, well, so I I know that we're out of time, but I'm going to just just reiterate what you said on previous episode about Knights of Badassdom. I yes! actually watched that after your review. Yes. And uh it it was gold. I was like you said uh I'm pretty sure you said something about to the effect of you'll know if you're going to like it in the, within the first five, ten minutes. And yeah, yeah, first five or ten minutes, I'm like, oh yeah. If this <laughs> keeps on going like it is, I am in. And it did. It was that the whole way through. And uh, I think I, I texted you while I was watching, and I'm like, I'm getting the feeling that they're not uh, laughing with the people that are doing these uh, medieval reenactment things. They're laughing at these people.
1: Uh, reverse <laughs> that. You're no, trying- no, they were laughing at... You think they were laughing at them? Oh, I totally do. I think they were totally making fun of those. Oh, the, I, those t- I watched the special features on the Blu-ray. They were like specifically saying we're not laughing at them. We are. Oh, it felt totally
0: like you were like, oh, you guys are making so much fun uh, of. There's what a documentary
1: doing. out there about those people that I watched. Oh, that's making really fun. that it was make it was not trying to. It was trying to be like, oh, look at this. This is a thing, and it felt like mocking. Because you Ooh, see the re- really? you see the real people that go out and do the... Uh, we're talking about LARPing, live yes. action role-playing. <laughs> yes. Or uh, <laughs> these people go out in the woods and fight each other with foam swords and stuff. Uh, which is at the core of Knights of Bad Astem. Uh, yes. But if you go watch that documentary where they're trying not to make fun of them, and it feels like they are... And in this movie, it very much felt like they were laughing with them. Like, we get it, we're dorks, ha ha ha.
0: Yeah, okay, Man. gotcha, gotcha. Well, now, I would like to know what the title of that documentary I is. I will
1: look that. it up. I, I can't remember. I watched it a okay. couple okay. years ago. Okay. But I will look but, it up. yeah, this that.
0: movie, the, Knights had a tr- supposedly a troubled production with the director being having the movie taken away from him, from the producer. Yes. Uh, and, and it being recut. However the version that I saw was big thumbs up. So I'm not sure what else they could do to improve it, but it gets a thumbs up from me, man. I was smiling the whole way through.
1: Well, and some of the reviews that I read online, everybody was like, um, obviously they were saying things like, obviously this has been cut. It's so neutered and so watered down and trimmed. And I was like, what, where I don't, I don't see that at all. Like, I can see it in Event Horizon. I can see it in many other... uh, Nemesis, uh, Star Trek Nemesis. I can see it in in many other films where this kind of controversy has come up. I didn't see it at all in that movie. Maybe, I mean, maybe at the very end where the monster was going on a rampage, you could have 20 extra minutes where he kills every single person. They show every single head explode. But there was so much intestines being splattered all over the place and so many head explosions. And I, I was just like what the hell? Like, I, I don't, yeah. I, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking the director, dude. I I want to see your director's cut. I think it'll be fantastic. I totally yeah. support you. And I hate people that cut your shit. But yeah, at the same time, I can only judge this movie based on what I saw and what I saw. Yeah. It didn't feel like uh, somebody had their hands all over it. No. Um, the no. name of that documentary is dark Han, D a R K O N. Is it on Netflix? It was when I watched it. I don't know if it still is. okay uh, you should check it out though it was it was very interesting and very dorky. I mean holy crap. I'm a dork. I'm sitting here right now doing this podcast. I'm wearing a Transformers t-shirt. I got Superman pajama pants on and Batman underwear. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm telling oh. you, these guys are fricking nerds.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I and, and and your co-host is wearing Superman pajamas and the Millennium Falcon shirt. <laughs> oh
1: my god, that is
0: great! Please, th- th- yeah, please don't cut that. Oh, <laughs> that'll
1: all be in. <laughs> that hilarious.
0: Oh my god, oh, we're dorks. Uh, okay, any s- rate.
1: say that again. What was the title of that documentary? Uh, dark on uh, uh, the way, spelled the way it's, it sounds. Dark on. D-A-R-K-O-N uh, it's,
0: it's not on there, shoot I'd really like to watch that well, It's tra- not on Netflix. Track it
1: down somewhere It might be on like uh, YouTube or something It was a very Very okay. low budget Independent Documentary um, Okay Very nerdy Holy crap, dude I mean, I was like Damn, dude You guys are f-, Like I was the guy from uh, Revenge of the Nerds Nerds That was me Yeah <laughs> <laughs> And I'm a freaking nerd Anyway Yeah <laughs> Um all of that aside, Knights of Bad Aston was fantastic. I opened the last episode with a sound clip from it. I absolutely loved it. I after I watched it on Netflix, I came across the Blu-ray cheap and I snapped it up in a second. I I Absolutely adore Much to my dismay. Uh, much, much to your dismay. There was May. only one copy, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I will totally buy a director's cut the second there is one released. Until then, all I have is a theatrical. I'm sorry, director guy. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: But it can only go as much. This show, uh, the Movie Freaks Pod, hates editing, especially by producers and oh yeah, uh, the non-creative people behind it usually. Uh, that's yeah. infuriating to us. Anyway, we're gonna wrap up this episode. Do you have anything else you want to add?
0: That's gonna be it for me.
1: Alright, as always you can get a hold of us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com or on YouTube, Movie Freaks Pod Show, and on Facebook, come like our page, Movie Freaks pod you can Find us there. We do I like to do updates, trailers, but we don't inundate you with garbage. Nonstop. Uh or Check out our friends Cinema Sidekicks at cinemasidekicks.com They're on iTunes as well And Cinema Soft Underbelly, Eugene's show All of the underseen cinema uh, on iTunes And that's going to be it for this episode I'm Eric Warner
0: And I'm Eugene Weaver
1: Later See ya